This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So welcome back to another episode of HFC Chat. Today you will be pleased here I'll be joined for the main by Pools fan Mark Carroll as we discuss a variety of issues and get to know how he got into Pools so please do stay listening for that I also have previews for the next two trips to Boreham Wood and Solihull Moors indecisive games for the lads firstly before Mark joins me what about Saturday such a convincing performance Notts County were poor but I think the main reason for that was the style of football we played we adapted to conditions despite the weather and just played good football on the deck. Two goals from Nicky Featherstone gave us the win, with perhaps the first goal to be argued as a bit fortuitous in the 46th minute, as the county keeper got underneath the ball. However, the second came from a wicked ball into the box from a Fez free kick in the 58th minute, which flew across the face of goal and in at the back post. That result leaves us just currently one point outside of the top seven, and us as fans are well and truly believing once again. I'll let you have your say as usual with Man of the Match and the majority quite rightly said Nicky Featherston. There were also a few suggestions for the very strong and solid performance yet again at the back um, by Timmy Odessina. Yet again the northwest corner have said the whole team. I just want to briefly touch on this. Um, I think the transformation under Dave Chalner has massively affected every single player in the squad. It appears that everyone is fighting for everything, winning that second ball, giving it their all to get the points and getting out of this league that we've been in for too long. I don't think anyone can argue the difficulty in getting out um, of the National League, but I think the difference is now that we have a team who want it, hungry for success, and so there isn't room to argue with the suggestion that Northwest Corner have put forward. So now I'd just like to look ahead to the next two games. Bournemouth currently sit in third position in the National League, eight places and five points above pools. However, their recent loss on Tuesday night, struggling older shot, will give us fans some optimism going into Saturday as it ended a 17-match unbeaten run for the Wood in the league. This run consisted of 10 wins and seven draws. Kabongo Tishmanga is their top scorer so far this season with 17 goals and the last meeting came back in November when Toure and Feds brought us the goals from 2-0 down to secure a draw at the Vic however in the same fixture last season Pools ran out 4-0 winners at Meadow Park in February could Lightning strike twice? I'm not sure it could but I think if we get out of the next two games 4 points out of 6 that's a really solid return the hosts for the Bournemouth game do go into this game as favourites though. Predictions wise, you predict a mainly victory by one goal and a couple of draws. Um, looking ahead to the Solihull game, though they currently sit on 51 points, just one point ahead of Pools in 8th place, as we travel to them in the rearranged fixture after it was called off two weeks ago. Jimmy Ball is their top scorer, 
and he has eight goals this campaign. And the last meeting came on the 5th of November when the Moors came away with a 1-0 win from Victoria Park. So now what you've been waiting for to welcome onto the podcast, Pools fan Mark Carroll. Thanks very much for coming onto the podcast today, Mark. And um, firstly, to get to know you better, how long have you been following pools and what got you into them? Well, I started following pools in 1985, Jack. Yeah. So it's uh, quite some time now. So oh, the first game I went to was we, we beat Swindon 1-0 at home in September 1985. And it was actually grand, grandparents got me involved in going to the matches. One of my grandparents was a retired Sunday League referee. Okay. So... It, it took me along and let's just say there was some quite interesting discussions about referees when you sat there with yeah. your granddad and people are slagging the referee off <laughs> um, he, he had a lot to say in their defence so yeah. that's that's what sort of got me going into pills so so 1985 yeah there was there was people like sort of um, Brian Honor was, was there mm-hmm. and um, there's people you know the older fans of the likes of Mark Venus there yeah. was a who's obviously had some connection with Middlesbrough so it wasn't it wasn't a bad time to support to mm-hmm. start supporting pools. Yeah. So to follow on from that one, what is the best game in your memory of watching pools? It's still it's another very early one. Um, the, the actual you know the best moment for me is the prom- is the winning promotion at home to Northampton in nineteen ninety one. Right. I mean, I was sort of coming up to sort of about twelve year old at the time, so it's a very early memory. But what I can remember. Um, from that game is, is being on the pitch at the end of the game, you know, mass pitch invasion. Mm, mm. Um, you know, it was. I mean, I was lucky that that was only the second promotion I've ever had. So you can imagine some of the some of the elder fans around me. You know, the the fact that they'd wait a long time to see it. Yeah. Um, it was a fantastic. It was fantastic to see. You know, because I remember that season from from my. I've had to look a little bit of it up. But I remember we got in a massive unbeaten run towards the end of the season, uh-huh. and actually it was it was thirteen games unbeaten. We went wow. on. last last thirteen games. We went. We won ten of those thirteen. Yeah. Um. So it just sort of, sort of shows you how the team clicked. You know, we had Definitely. Alan Bree took over from Cyril Knowles. Yeah. And 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 not actually disrupting the team. The team actually just you know carried on, pushed on. Yeah. So that was a great memory for me just being a young fan you know mm. same, prom- same promotion you think well this is you know this is good this mm-hmm. is, you know what can possibly go wrong yeah well I mean that's what I haven't had I've had the complete opposite I've just seen relegation since I've been supporting them so that's why yeah. this run now that we're getting together even if it doesn't end in promotion it's just a bit taste of success in a way the way that Joe's yes. getting us going it gives it gives just a bit of positivity, you mm-hmm. know, because say we, you know, we we we're looking back from the, the promotions we've had, you know, from out of League Two, um, a couple of times, mm-hmm. and sort of the players, the players we had there, and you see, you look back at the old clips, you know, you watch just the likes of Adam Boyd, Joel mm-hmm. Porter, Ethan mm-hmm. Williams, you see, you know, you see the, the the videos, you see the pictures of the Vic, yeah. the crowds in there, the atmosphere in there, you know. It, it's there, you know. It's there. If the if the mm. team and the manager can put something together, yeah. you, you're seeing the atmosphere starting to build now. And mm. um, that 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 hasn't gone away. It just needs the the right players, the right manager to bring it back. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we we're looking positive. You know, I think we've, we can definitely see around the ground um, and the way the team's going that um, people are actually enjoying you know, the football and actually looking forward to mm. Saturday and Tuesday now and they're not sort of dreading it and having to force themselves to go mm. they're, actually, they're actually looking forward to it 
Yeah. So can I have your view on Saturday's domination of Notts County, please, and who was your man of the match? Well, uh, the man of the match was, I'm going to be honest with you, Jack, it's somebody who's a bit marmite to me, somebody mm. who, um, it's, I'm not going to pretend he's ever been my favourite, but mm. Nicky Featherstone was definitely the man of the match. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen a big improvement under Dave Challoner. Um, you know, just, just uh, is it fitness or is it just sort of the, the sort of intensity, the way they're playing? Mm. But he, he just looks a lot sharper. You know, yeah. there was a time in that, time that game, I can't remember if it was the first or the second half, but I think he lost the ball, but he raced back and actually, mm. you know, won the ball back. Yeah. And and I, I don't think I'm being unkind. I'm saying that even last season you wouldn't see him do that. Oh no, you know, if, no. He lost, if he lost the ball, he, you know, it would be like he was, you know, he was, he was running, he was pulling a pulling the uh, weight lead weights behind mm. him or something. You know, he didn't seem to have that spring, that actual pace about him. Yeah. So he's definitely the man of the match. And I thought not County. I've heard some of their fans sort of saying that was a worst of played the power. I actually think we made them look power. Yeah. You know, I don't think they were that bad, but I just think the way we pressed them from front mm. to back, the pace we played at, the intensity we played at, I don't really think we gave them a sniff. I, mean, I can't remember Ben Killip really having a serious save to make. No. You know, I think he made one, one sort of what I would say is a routine save in the first half from that mm. Cal Roberts. Yes. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't think he, you know, I think the main thing that Ben Killip had to do was just keep his concentration. Mm. Um, but I think we totally dominated the game from start to finish. My only worry was at half-time that we hadn't scored. Yeah. Um, and that's from, you know, past seasons where, you know, we've seen us dominate games mm. and lose. But that was only a slight concern. But actually, the second half, we came out and, you know, despite the, the, the worries of the, the weather conditions, you know, Okay, the first goal was a bit of a bit of a fluke. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think you can say that we didn't deserve, you know, to win by two goals or more. So it was a pleasing home win, and it was nice to go two 0 up and not see us trying to defend, sit back, invite the other team on. Yeah. We, we kept on going forward, and yeah. um, we kept taking the game at Notts County. Um, and the last sort of three home games, two 0 hasn't been a dangerous scoreline, has it? No, it hasn't. I mean, we I went to Notts County back in November when we were 2-0 yeah. up there and let that slip. But the difference yeah. is now that, I think as you, as you touched on, when we're going 2-0 up, I've got confidence in Chalner to drill into them that you don't lay off now. And even yeah. if even if we haven't scored um, and it gets to half-time, I, I still have the belief that Chalner will fire them up again because he's that type yeah. of manager who won't, accept anything less than what, what he wants and what the, they should be doing as a squad well so I think the standard he's got is high isn't it you know yeah. I think he's getting he's getting the best he can get out of some players um, I'm sure he's got his own ideas going forward but mm. I think you can say like you know man management and motivational side you know he's making sure he's getting the maximum out of every player that he's got out there and as you, as you say you know we the, the worst thing we can do in a game is is sort of sit back because we've seen it and mm. you know there's there's one game I went to Ebbsfleet away that yeah. still still rankles with me the fact that we were tuning up against ten men mm. and for some reason you know obviously that was Challenge's first league game in charge yeah. that we that we started to just tippy tappy football across the back the back across midfield mm. not going forward. Just try, just try to be too clever when you know we needed to go for a third, for a fourth, just to just to kill Ebbsfleet off. Yeah. But instead, as soon as they got a goal, 
it was it was just basically panic stations. People lost the total composure in the game, and that's those sort of games are the only the only things that might hold us back from where we want to go. Mm. But we've mm. definitely seen a, a big improvement, especially especially since the turn of the year, I'd say. Yeah, and I mean in terms of Nicky Featherston as well, he's just been a completely different player. Challoner said that. Um, I think it was last week he did the most yards in training the most fitness yeah. out of the whole squad and I think it's just a completely different change in attitude as well for him he's really wanting to do well he's really wanting to push on and be that man in midfield and perhaps even a contender for captain again next season you never know well it's possible because I think the, the last couple of seasons he's been one of those players who's sort of been offered a contract but seems to be offered in reduced terms mm. he seems to be you know the last few seasons almost been like an afterthought oh we'll we'll offer him something um, but no team's ever sort of come in for him as far as we know and, and offered him a better deal mm. than we've offered um, so I think he had a lot a lot to prove he had a lot to prove to people like me because last season to be honest with you I wouldn't have been sorry to see him go because I, I just didn't see you know he's a man my player there's people out there who, who think the world of Nicky Featherston um, but he's, he's definitely under challenge um, improved a whole whole lot so you know I want, I want to keep that up because I don't want you know any any of our players to, to be uh, you know uh, somebody we're carrying you know mm-hmm. if Nicky Featherston can, can keep that form up then you know, I'm I'm happy to uh, you know continue seeing playing that in that role. Yeah, definitely. So, standout performer for us this season for you, Mark? Well, it would have been Peter Chioso had he not left. Mm. I mean, you know, for me, he really improved. He really improved, and he stopped getting as many yellow cards as he yeah. uh, as he did last season. For for me, I'm actually probably going to go for somebody. Maybe people. Maybe wouldn't go. I'm going to go for um, Gavin Houlihan. Okay. To be quite honest with you, because I I really like him. Last season when he came, he made a, a good impression. But this season when he's played, you know, he's he's assisted goals, he's scored some important goals, and he's really I, I like him because I like a forward-thinking midfield mm-hmm. player. He, he's not afraid to have a shot in games. I mean, you know, there's there's been recent home games. You know, he's been having shots from all all angles. Yes. He's not afraid to shoot. Somebody's creative. Um. So for me, it's 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 Gavin Holohan, you know, that's probably the the, the player I, I like most. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's other players I would have picked had they not suffered some you know really bad injuries, and we mm. haven't seen much of them. You know, likes of Molyneux for me would have been a, a real star this season. Yeah. You know, if he if he hadn't have been uh, clobbered by one of our ex players and mm. what was supposed to be a pre-season friendly. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm going to go for Holohan. Right, perfect. And what and what would you say your honest assessment of this season so far is? Um, this, well, I think the, the assessment is that unfortunately, um, Craig Hignett just couldn't couldn't do it. I think mm. you know he was, you know despite when he came out and said after he left the club, I, I think that looking at the size of the squad we have, he was given a good budget to work with, mm. um, and we've we can see now we're overstacked in some areas. Yeah. With, with midfield players, we've got more midfield players than you know. We we could we could put three or four teams out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, striker wise, we're light. So for me, I'm, I was disappointed to be quite honest with the, with how we were going. Um, and I and despite some of the criticism that the chairman got for for getting rid of Craig Ignett, mm-hmm. I think I think he saw 
you know, we weren't really making an improvement. Yeah. And the type of football we were playing, although Craig Hignett likes to play a certain style, mm. I just don't think it, I just don't think it was working at this yeah. level of football. So it was. I was really disappointed. Um, but when Craig Hignett went, for me, you know, I'm, I'm not pretending to be a you know a genius on recruiting football managers, mm. but for me, when Dave Challenger's name was mentioned, it was a no-brainer for me. Yeah, because definitely. Despite, despite he had a, a, bad, a bad spell at Fylde, but after what eight years in charge and he's had a bad spell, right. it was going to happen. So yeah. him being sacked by Fylde didn't affect my thinking about him. No. Um, and I thought if we can get him, get him in, then you know in the sh- in the short term we'll see an improvement. And he's a manager who knows this league, mm. and I've I've always been impressed by his teams when we've come across them. Yeah. So. It, just, it was just my my opinion it was disappointing, you know, for the first half of the season. And mm. uh, second half of the season, I think we've um, we've we've turned things around. You know, we've got we've got a lot better um, outlook. Yeah. And um, and there's things are a lot more positive. And um, I think you can see what uh, the managers do and, and the recruitment he's done, even the short term recruitment. You know, you can see that there's there's made a big difference to the to the team. Yeah. I fully agree with you on that one. So we touched a bit there on Dave Challoner coming in. Um, what has changed with his style and type of play and so on since he's arrived at the club? Yeah, well, I think, Jack, that um, he, I think he sort of kept kept with the, the formation more often than not because I think it, it suits what we've got. But I, I think you can see that he's, he's addressed the defence because that was pretty poor. You know, mm. we look at the back four, three of them are on loan. Um, that tells you the problems we had there. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, you, you look sort of the midfield area, you know, despite all the midfielders we've got, when he signed Mark Shelton, I know there was, you know, there was some comments of, why do we need another midfielder? Mm. Well, I, th- I think we need another midfielder who was actually, you know, forward thinking yeah. and, you know, somebody who's got that quality and experience of playing under pressure and, mm. you know, expectation. Um, I, I think you can see the intensity of the team has changed. We touched on earlier on. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we're fast to more second balls. Yeah. We're, we're more aggressive. We look sharper around the pitch. Um, we're not the finished product. Nobody's pretending that. But I think you can see even the loan signs he's made is made, is made a, a big difference to the team. Mm. Um and you can you can see the, the style of play, especially at home. He knows there's a big crowd there, and the Hartlepool, you know, the crowd expects our team to be on the front foot, mm. you know, and play aggressively and play like the home team. Because there's far too many games that me and you can remember where we've lost home games one nil, one nil, Groundhog Day, the same same play, same method, mm. um, and it get pretty depressing. So he yeah. knows you've got to get that crowd on side. Get them with you, be on the front foot, attack aggression, and the Hartlepool crowd will be with you. And Definitely. you know, I, I think it's not quite the way he had filed playing, but I think there was a different, a different mentality there. Yeah. And different, you know, the filed crowd. You know, there was small crowd, the thousand or so, but there wasn't that sort of vocal, you know, aspect to the crowd. There wasn't that sort of pressure for them. They were happy just to play a different style. But I think he sees the benefit of really making this ground what it can be. Mm. Is you know, and, and, you know, teams don't come here anymore thinking it's going to be Hartlepool are going to be a soft touch. 
Yeah. You know, teams, part-time teams are not going to come here and look fitter than us and look have look to have more desire mm. than we do. So there's changes making, and I'm I am excited to see what he can do in the summer because I do believe that he'll make big changes because we've had this last three or four years, maybe longer. You know, a big clear out needed in the summer. Mm. You know, need a big clear out, and it never quite happens. No. But I've got more faith in Jeff Chalner will do it, not for the sake of just making changes, but I think because he knows what we lack, what we need, what where we can improve, and actually make the squad more streamlined. Mm. You know, a sm- smaller, but use the loans. Yeah. You know, cleverly. I don't think he would have wanted to use, you know, the amount of loans he had to do in one fell mm. swoop. But I think he knows the benefit of having a tight knit group. And then use your loans, but use long-term loans, you know. Yeah. So you've got so you've got somebody who's not just for a month and the go. Somebody's here for maybe half a season. So they'll want this, they'll want you know they want to, to impress more, and actually be still part of the part of the team, not be here one minute, gone the next. So I think there's a lot to be a lot to be excited about. And as I say, for me, we need to give Dave Chalmer the the time. There's no point, mm. you know, this time next season. Him, being, him not being here anymore we've got to give him another good full season yeah. and, and hopefully see his progress and hopefully we will we'll be in that top 7 where he's never finished outside of, you know, hopefully that can continue. Yeah, I mean he said this morning in his press conference that out of the remaining 11 games we need to win 7 of them, he did say it's yeah. a big ask, It's do, but it is doable and uh, he's oh, all, definitely. Yeah. do you think we can make yeah, the top 7? I definitely think we can. The only, the only thing back in my mind, I think, might hold us back is is like the games I've touched on earlier, where we thrown, where we have thrown points away. Mm. That might be the Achilles' heel. But looking at the home games, we've got like Ebbsfleet, Halifax, Maidenhead, Charlie Torquay. Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing to be frightened about in that mix, Jack. No. There's none of those games. I mean, before we played North County, I thought this could be our biggest test. Yeah, same. But actually, yeah. actually. We, we did the business on them. Mm. So there's none of those teams. There's teams like Ebsleet fighting for their lives. Um, there are of Maiden, Ed and Charlie. But I don't have that doubt now that we won't match them. Mm. You know, Our desire will be the same as theirs, just as much to get the three points. Yeah. When in the past I felt we've put out, took our foot off the gas and teams have been fighting for lives have come to us you know, and, and got the points they needed because we didn't quite match their desire to win. I don't see that happening under Dave Challoner. Mm. So I've, these next two away games are going to be pretty important in that. But mm. yeah, you know, we've we've got to believe we've got to we've got to go for it. You know, what's, we need that little bit of excitement going mm. at the end of the season. So last week I touched a bit on the recruitment for the summer and the retra- retain list. Um, where do you think we're lacking? Where should we recruit? And which player of the permanent squad do you think we need to keep? Um, the, one of the, per- the one permanent player I think we need to keep. If he isn't already in the contract, Luke Molyneux. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is in the contract, for, for me, as I'm going to stick with Gavin Gavin Hulahan. Yeah. You know, I think he's a really important player to keep. Um, definitely. So I think we lack. To be quite honest, I think we, we lack well defensively. I think it stands out, Jack. I mean, he's mm. got the three loans in the back, so whether he can make any of those permanent or not, but I think that's a position we lack because defensively, I think we've been poor up until you know last month or so. Um, goalkeeper, I'm not convinced by Killip. I think he'll be. I'm hoping he'll be a good goalkeeper, but mm. I'm not 100% convinced by him, and I don't believe David Chalner is either. Um, 
So I think that could be an area. And I would look, I'd look to reshape the midfield. You know, there'll obviously be people leaving. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty much everywhere, Jack and Forty. I think the front as well. I mean, you know, we've, we've obviously looked James as a blow injuries, but mm. up front is a, is, a, is a problem. So I think he's got a lot of work to do. And that's why I'm hopeful that he will, you know, make big changes in the summer. Yeah. And then following on from that, who out of the current loan contingent do you most want to see back for the 2020 21 campaign? Yeah, it's it's difficult to split between two. I mean, I you know there's there's Max Shelton is a sort of real real. I'd love to see him come back mm. in the summer, and, and you know it was him and him and Gary Little especially. You know, yeah. it was a tough one between the two of them if who would have come back. I mean, hopefully I'm greedy. Hopefully <laughs> at least two of them come back. <laughs> yeah, but definitely for me, Max Shelton, he started sort of slowly. But I think, you know, because he hasn't played a lot and he's been in and mm. out, in and out, I think we've seen now the, you know, the quality that he's got. Um, and I, I think he's somebody we need to sort of keep yeah. for next season. I hope, you know, hope he's enjoyed the time he's been here, mm. the crowd and everything, and it's and it's something that will uh, that'll convince him to, you know, pen the paper. Yeah, definitely. And finally, I wonder whether you could just touch on the impact that the Northwest Corner have had since they've got things up and running. Yeah, I mean they've been absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, the I think it's fair to say the last couple of seasons the atmosphere has been pretty um, drab. You know, mm. we've 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 had more away. You know, we've had twenty or thirty away fans making more noise yeah. than the home support in some games. What they've done has been fantastic. You know, they've they've got the the noise going, they've got atmosphere going, mm. and actually they've got the rest of the ground the ground joining in. Yeah. You know, with, with, that, with that atmosphere as well, it sort of spreads to the parts of the grounds and get that positivity. Mm. And I think it does make a massive it does make a massive difference to the team. You know, when they've got that support behind them. Mm. Um, you know, the the man of the do the man of the match awards. Um, you know, they get the, get the player over and everything. It's, I think it's just it's putting you know, between the fans and the players and the club. It's bringing all that back together yeah. where there was a where there was a division, where there was a void. It's pulled everything sort of back together, yeah. and all that plays a part of the, the positivity going forward. Yeah, I mean, since since they've come on for me, it's just, it's just made such a different a difference. When I used to go to home games, yes, I used to enjoy watching it, but. There, it was just quiet and you could feel if there was any ever a mistake just that tension but now when you're there and they're, they're bouncing up and down making a load of noise the players they thrive off it at the end of the game when we win I think you'll have probably seen it on Saturday they're all over there celebrating with the fans and it's just made a massive impact home and away it definitely has I mean Dave Charles said to uh, Aidan Keener didn't he he scored his debut goal against Stockport and he, he said after the game you ran, you ran the yeah. wrong way you, yeah. you ran towards the Phil Nolls and he said you sh- should we bring, run towards those and nutcases over yeah. the northwest corner yeah. so that just sort of shows you doesn't it you know it's 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 noticeable mm-hmm. well thanks very much for coming on Mark it's provided another perspective on what's what's going on at Pools and it's great to add your insight if anyone else wants to come on and perhaps argue against a few of the things said or agree with them it, it'd be brilliant to have you on so thanks very much for your time Mark it's been a pleasure, Jack. And good luck, good luck to the uh, podcast. Hope it goes from strength to strength. Thank you very much. Finally, just some general news. It looks like Nicky Featherstone could be playing an integral part in the future of Pool. Dave Chan is saying that he sees him as a key member of his squad. 
and he's looking to time down as soon as possible. We discussed this just before with Mark, and thanks again for him coming on. But also in last week's podcast, which was Look Into The Future, if you didn't catch this, it is available to listen to on all the usual platforms. Just search HUFC Chat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on my website, which is in my bio on Twitter. Uh, give the podcast a follow if you haven't already, and check out the social media pages, Hartlepool United News on Facebook and HUFC Chat on Twitter. Hopefully, the next two games will give us something to get even more excited about as the anticipation for the end of the season keeps building. Thanks again for tuning in. Keep the faith and never say die. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans